0: Hi Kevin, Property Soldier here. Recording this for my podcast and also going out on lots of different social media platforms at the same time. Podcast being the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. If you're not already subscribing to that and you happen to be watching this on social media then uh, check that out and you can, uh, I've done over 100 episodes now on my podcast. Uh, focusing on service accommodation and this particular episode i'm going to be talking about win-win situations that you can create in property and there's never been a better time right now than to create these win-win situations when you create a win-win situation in property you have definitely cracked the code and in in this particular episode i'm going to be talking about the three reasons why landlords are currently struggling or going to be struggling in property and how you can help them with that situation to create a win-win scenario. And when you can do that, you have definitely cracked the code. So, the three different reasons are energy prices that are obviously going up, energy performance certificate that is going Uh, coming in for buy-to-let and HMO landlords. And also something that's already here is section 24. And section 24, for those of you that don't know, is where the government have stopped landlords who own investment properties in their own name or buy-to-let or HMO properties in their own name from offsetting their mortgage interest against their rent, which is artificially inflating their income from the properties pushing many landlords into the higher or additional rate uh, bands uh, for tax. And so, that's that's a problem. Okay, so those three things are definitely a problem. Energy prices going up, EPC, Energy Performance Certificate, what's that? The government have, just, have said that in order to do buy, to let, and HMO, those properties are going to have to achieve an EPC of three of C or above. Um, and, and that's creating a situation where an awful lot of landlords, this coming in uh, in 2025, an awful lot of landlords are going to have to spend thousands, if not tens of thousands of pounds on their properties in order to get them from wherever they are, you know, from the D, E, F, whatever it is they are, up to a C or above. And so that's creating adversity. And where there's adversity, there's definitely opportunity. So let's talk about these win-win situations that we can create here. Now, the first one is for purchase. If you're going to purchase their property and do serviced accommodation with their property. Now, the first one with purchase, so let's say they are selling their HMO. Let's say they're a HMO and they're selling it because guess who pays the bills with their HMO? The energy bills with a HMO. It's the owner or the operator. Um, so the owner of the property is paying the bills. And if that's no longer profitable, because yes, you can raise rents in order to uh, you know create more income coming in in order to pay the higher bills, but. For a lot of landlords, they're not going to be able to raise the rents enough in order to cover the extra cost and energy, and so they might they already have had tenant problems already, and now to you know another nail in the coffin is that energy prices are going up significantly. Now, if you purchase this property, and again, they might be affected by Section 24. So, if you purchase the HMO, but you want to use it as serviced accommodation then how is that scenario different? Well, I will explain. With serviced accommodation, you are able, as the operator, to control the energy usage in the property. So, you can um, control, regulate the heating because I've I've got HMOs, I know how it it works with HMOs. Um, Tenants whack the heating up um, far too high, windows open. Heating on all of the time, even when they're not in in the room in, or in the property, heating is left on, and it's a constant struggle as a HMO landlord. And guess what? My I got a HMO back recently because tenants um, Eastern Europeans they they moved out uh, pretty much uh, at the same time, and I thought this is the good time to turn this into serviced accommodation because now this is the situation. I have got uh, a Worcester boiler in there, and you've got an app called um, Wave, and I'm able to control and regulate the heating in that property, and I can set it to sensible times on, sensible times off, and a sensible temperature for it to go up to. And there's no rule stopping me from doing that, whereas with a HMO, you're literally not allowed to interfere with the tenants' heating of their rooms. It's literally against the law. I've had arguments with letting agents over this, where I'm saying, "Well, you pay the bills, then." You know, I mean, this is ridiculous. What is going on with the energy bills in this property? But no one can stop me with serviced accommodation because remember, with serviced accommodation, it's not somebody's home. They don't. It, that sits outside of the Housing Act. They don't have tenant rights they live somewhere else and so yes your guests can ask um, for the temperature to be turned up they can ask and and clearly you you know you're probably going to um, do it and i can do it remotely from an app or one of my team can do it remotely from an app so so that's cool and the other thing to remember here is that a a well-run service accommodation property shouldn't actually be going over 80 percent occupancy. 75% is fine. And if you're going above 80%, 80%, you're actually probably too cheap if you are getting short-term bookings. And you're going to be paying out far too much in cleaning and laundry costs and you know, meet and greet and all of those things. And so you should actually raise your prices in order to be um, uh, sitting below 80% if you're getting short-term bookings. Of, uh, we don't do one-night stays, but two two nights plus um, I'll call a short-term booking less than a week. Okay, anything more than that, um, you know, stretching into the longer-term booking scenario. Don't get me wrong; we prefer one month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six-month six month type bookings, and we just cleaning, sending cleaners in once a week. But for the majority of people, they, they're getting short-term bookings in, and the beauty of that is the property is empty twenty-five percent of the year when you can have the heating off. So Literally, already, not just the 25% saving on your energy bills, a lot more than that because even when you've got guests in, the heating is not going to be whacked up to the maximum. And the other thing to remember is that with service combination, quite often, your guests are not home. With HMOs, quite often, your tenants are in all of the time using energy. Whereas with service combination, your guests are out not necessarily having all of their devices plugged in and watching televisions and, and you know, all of those things, plugging in electric heaters and all of that stuff, which causes the bills to be so high. So again, it's going to be a well north. I'm I'm going to suggest about half of the cost for energy over the course of a year having that property as service accommodation instead of HMO. And remember, with a HMO, you're going to have all of the rooms um, let. If you're obviously sensible, you're going to have all of the rooms let. Whereas with service accommodation, you could have a five-bedroom house where only four people are staying. They're just using a couple of the bedrooms, etc. So, the energy bills are going to be a lot lower. So, with purchasing, so landlords selling up because they're fed up of HMO, you can obviously purchase that property. Um, and clearly, if they're a motivated seller, you might be able to get it at a good price and you're going to use it as serviced accommodation. And guess what? That landlord selling up might have been negatively affected by Section 24, significantly affecting the amount of money he or she was previously earning. But Section 24 does not affect serviced accommodation. So you can buy it in your own name with a 75% interest-only mortgage, and you can offset all of that interest payment against your serviced accommodation income. It gets even better because these EPC changes that are coming in, where the landlords might be thinking, Do you know what, i have also going to have to spend a fortune on the property to get it up to a C. Well, guess what? Those are uh, relate to, or those changes relate to tenancies. They're, they're in order for tenants to not have to pay too much to heat and power their home. Because with service combination, it's not anyone's home, and so it's going to be a loophole. Now they they could close the loophole in the future, but let's face it, it's much further down the tracks, isn't it? Service combination properties represent a tiny percentage of the housing sector, and they're going to have a, their work cut out getting all of the buy to lets and HMOs sorted out, and and you know. Arguing with landlords over all those things before they even start thinking about short-term rental, furnished holiday let type properties. Because let's face it, with service combination, that's ultimately what we are doing is furnished holiday let. And I can see some comments coming in, and also claim capital allowances. <laughs> so yes, you now own the property. You're paying less bills. You're not affected by EPC. So clearly if it's already got a decent epc rating then that's going to cost less in bills so it it it's definitely going to be a better thing for the epc but it could be something that you might choose to do keeping it maybe below an uh, epc of c until you've raised the money well you can be cash flowing 1000 pounds easily from a serviced accommodation property with a owned serviced accommodation property it should be more like 1500 pounds at least per calendar month and that can pay for the upgrades, can't it? Whereas with HMO and buy to let, there might not be enough cash flow coming in in order to pay for those upgrades. And you get to claim the capital allowances. So about 35, in my experience, about 35% of the property's value, you will be able to claim a capital allowance on that. So a £200,000 property equates to a £70,000 capital allowance, which means that you can now earn £70,000 tax-free. So, wow, it's getting even better. And I still haven't finished because with serviced accommodation, energy-saving plant and machinery that you are purchasing on that property, you can, it's a, you can get enhanced capital allowances on those things. But what do I mean by that? 130% of the cost, Of installing energy saving plant and machinery, solar panels, air source heat pump, you know, those those things are plant and machinery. Uh, You might even have a, a wind turbine. You know, I've I've got people that I've trained up in service combination who have put wind turbines near their property um, to be uh, generating electricity. It's plant and machinery, and you can get 150% relief on the cost of installing that plant and machinery, which adds to your capital allowance, which adds to the amount of money that you can earn tax-free. So hopefully, I'm, I'm sort of putting a bit of cheer onto this um, scenario because <laughs> a lot of landlords with investment properties are thinking, "Wow, I'm just getting hit from all angles these days. Well, you might want to pivot into serviced accommodation because that's, that's definitely a win-win situation. Remember, your guests get to save a lot of money on staying in hotels and you get to earn an awful lot more from your investment properties not as if not anywhere near as affected by the energy um, price increase not necessarily affected by the EPC changes and not affected by section 24 and you get to claim the capital allowances and so I just want to talk about the other situation because some of you might be thinking well yeah but I can't afford to purchase properties right now Kev well guess what with rent to serviced accommodation you can also create that win-win situation, can't you? Because you could be using, so a landlord might have a buy-to-let or a HMO, and you can take on that property and run it as serviced accommodation where you're paying the bill. So, you're going to have the exact same situation where you're going to be paying less energy bills. The owner of the property well, if you do the form of rent 2SA that I teach on my, on my training courses at Progressive Property, well, the owner of the property is going to be able to put that income on the Furnished Holiday Let's page of his or her tax return and still and now be able to avoid Section 24 and the owner of the property is going to be able to claim those capital allowances. And so, a lot of people say, well, yeah, how how do I get these rent-to-SA properties, Kev? Because let's say you're cash flowing £1,000 a month from the rent-to-SA property. Well, the owner gets to earn a lot more money than they previously were from HMO or buy-to-let, and they get to claim the capital allowances and avoid Section 24. That's when they're going to say, if you sell the benefits to them, that's when they're going to say, where do I Sign and so again how 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 many service combination properties do you want? let's call it a thousand pounds cash flow per month. How many do you want? because you can literally create these win win situations all over the place and my mindset as a property investor now is well, bring it on bring on the adversity because where there's adversity, there becomes opportunity to create a win win situation so hopefully that um you know, cheered people up to, to, to know that there is definitely opportunities still out there in property. And every time they come out with one of these things, I actually think, do you know what, you're just making it easier and easier for our service accommodation operators here when you are coming out with, when they're trying to hurt landlords and they are hitting landlords with different regulations and they're extending the, the length of time it's going to uh, require to have a no fault eviction and get your your property back from a tenant well that's that's unfair in a lot of instances where you might want your property back from a tenant because you need the property back for whatever reason you know you might have financial ish, uh, issues yourself as a landlord but the the pendulum is just too fast one in favor of the tenant who might not be being fair towards the landlord so again whenever they're doing these things to make life harder for landlords I'm just thinking. Well, well, as service accommodation, that is great for me, because when I get buy to lets and HMOs back now, I'm I'm either selling them and re and investing the money into properties that work as service accommodation, and then claiming the capital allowances, avoiding Section Twenty One, Section Twenty Four, and all of that stuff. I'm either selling them, or I will turn them into SA, and avoid Section Twenty Four and claim the capital allowances and and not have tenants. My catch rate is more money, less tax and no tenants. And do you know what? I've been investing in property over 31 years. I've had a lot of tenants over the years. I've done the hard yards and um, I'm a good landlord. But ultimately, I think and uh, you might agree with this. It's up to us to um, to make the most money that we can out of our property investing for our our own uh, families and legacy. Um so we can get financially strong to be helping others. I give money to to charity um et cetera et cetera So I'm very happy with what I'm doing here and the government are are basically creating the playing field for us to play on and I choose service combination as my property my main property strategy here and if if a uh, a different strategy was better for me. I would do that strategy. So that, that's the situation. Because a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, um, what, how, how is it okay um, to, to make a lot of money out of service combination? Surely, surely you're exploiting somebody somewhere. Well, no. As far as I'm concerned, I'm creating a win win situation. What do you think? Do you think that is a win win situation? And if the government are going to make it so hard for landlords, then why should the landlords have to, to suffer it? Why? Um, If the government, if if it becomes, if they're making it too hard for landlords, then they'll have to ease the pressure on landlords. So it's up to the government to ease the pressure on landlords. It's not up to us to play by the government's rules. I, I know I've gone a little bit off piece there, but I feel quite passionate about that type of situation. And the other thing that is just an awesome opportunity for everybody right now is the staycation boom. You have not missed the boat here um with the staycation boom we're, we're seeing ridiculously good bookings again this summer they were brilliant last summer they're brilliant now and so instead of cash flowing like a thousand pounds per a kind of month we're cash flowing three thousand pounds on our properties right now because people still don't want to risk going abroad you're seeing it on the news with the flights being cancelled and everybody's at the airport with all the kids and all of a sudden the flights cancelled and. People are being absolutely messed about um, trying to travel abroad, and the fact is we've got a much broader customer base now because now people actually like the fact that they get a longer holiday if they have a staycation and um, they haven't got the days travel there and the days travel back, and they're not going to be locked down and have to do PCR tests or have their flights canceled. And so you haven't missed the boat here to be cashing in on this staycation boom because you could turn your buy to let or HMO into SA, but even quicker than that, you could do rent to serviced accommodation, and literally you could be renting something furnished, take the keys on your Friday, and be showing your guests in the next day, and you could you could have a three month booking from a load of contractors or trades, and that's not even the staycation boom, but you could you could immediately be cash flowing significantly from your SA property. So, I'm going to have a look at comments very, very shortly. But before I do that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and learn how to do this stuff. I run service accommodation discovery days. And because I'm able to I'm second, guys, something my device that I'm using to work off has gone to sleep, so I'm just bringing that back to life. Because I am able to run them over Zoom, I can obviously cut the normal ticket price of my service accommodation discovery days. And so, what I'm going to do is for those people that type ticket, please. I'm going to give you a a ticket to a service combination online discovery day absolutely free as a thank you for either listening to the podcast or following me on social media. They run from nine o'clock till 1 p.m. And again, it is on Zoom. I have it's on Zoom so that we can unmute. You can unmute, ask me questions, I can answer your questions, but I, I have slides and so that I can go through. Lots of the benefits of service combination and how you can create these win-win situations, and basically answer your questions as well that you may have in service combination. And so, if you just type in the comments, however you are listening or watching this, just type in the comments, um, ticket please, and we will, myself or the team, will give you the link of how you can register for the online dis- service combination online discovery day. If you are listening to this on the podcast, then you can email my PA. Uh, The email address is dawn at propertysoldier.co.uk and just ask for a link for the Service Accommodation Discovery Day or the SADD if you want to not type as much. And she will reply with the link that you need to register. You just pop in your information and then one of the team will book you on to the next service combination discovery day the closest one is on monday so uh, you'd have to be quick to get on to that one i don't like to have too many people on my online discovery days because too many people it's just too difficult to uh, to manage and answer everybody's questions etc and uh, you'd have to be very very quick to get on that starts nine o'clock in the morning finishes at 1pm if that date doesn't work for you, then as long as you write a ticket, please, or email my PA, then we will get you on to one of the next ones. We do roughly one per month. So, hopefully, that was useful, everybody. Here's to your success in service accommodation. And remember, your future needs you. Take care. Okay, so that is the podcast wrapped up. Let me have a look at any questions that have been coming in so hi alan hi andrew hi darren hi Cy. and claim capital allowances in the owned yeah absolutely what about um saving on stamp duty if, if uh, property is sa not residential yeah absolutely you can be uh, claiming on stamp with certain types of commercial properties if you're buying a um a portfolio from landlords, you can get um, the multiple dwellings relief as well, so you can be saving a lot of stamp duty there. So it it is absolutely, as Stuart is saying, it's a win-win then, it definitely is. Uh, I want thousands, can't bloody find them, okay, so let's have a chat about that Gemma. We just need to talk more about getting direct to the landlord and, and how to uh, get make that happen. I'm going to be in touch, Gemma, because you know we need to. Uh, I know I want to definitely help help you some more, Gemma, and so let's let's chat. Um, Stuart, give me a thumbs up. Sylvester, afternoon. Okay, so Sai has asked for a ticket. Absolutely fab. So, like I say, just type ticket, please, and then one of the team will be in touch to give you your link that you need to register. And I will see you on the service combination discovery day, guys. So, like, again, wish you all the success in the world in property. If you're struggling, then maybe consider service combination as your option. If you're struggling with buy to let and HMO, give me a call. I've been doing those strategies for a number of years now, and I can help you transition. And obviously, I can help you as a newbie property investor, perhaps or an existing property investor move into the realms of rent to service accommodation where you can create these win-win situations for landlords. So, thanks for watching everybody, or listening, and I'll see you all soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation.